It's been a lot of fun tackling some topics with some amazing guests, but I think it's time we get back to our Harry Potter binge. That means chapter by chapter episodes. But before we jump back in, I figured we should probably do a recap of where we left off in Prisoner of Azkaban and share my favorite feedback from you so far. Hi, and welcome back into Belated Binge, Harry Potter, the re-binge podcast that doesn't take itself or the books too seriously. I'm Zach. Let's get it. The Belated Binge Podcast. Before we get into it, spoilers, obviously. Language, probably. Shout out to Katie holding it down for the bonus binge squad on Patreon. And as I mentioned in the intro, we're using this episode to reset our chapter-by-chapter Harry Potter episodes. If you've been along for the ride to this point, we had just started the third book, Prisoner of Azkaban, and we are currently five chapters in at this point. So I figured what we would do is chat through where we are in the story, and I can share some of my favorite responses from the Expecto Plot Changeo questions so far. Sound like a plan? I hope so, because that's what I decided we're doing, and I'm the only one here. As a recap, the first five chapters in order are Owlpost, Aunt Marge's Big Mistake, The Night Bus, The Leaky Cauldron, and The Dementor. So here's what's happened in our story so far. Harry Potter is a special magic boy that can't do magic outside of his magic school. He lives with his aunt and uncle, who are at best verbally and emotionally abusive, with a strong likelihood of being physically abusive, even though we don't see too much of that blatantly on the page. It's in between the lines. His cousin is a physical bully for sure. Uh, they're ugly. The boys are fat. Aunt Petunia is nosy and has a face like a horse. Uh, they hate him, and his birthday always sucks. But this year, it sucked less because his friends sent him presents. He even made a deal with his uncle to sign his permission slip to go to Hogsmeade Village because it's been okay for him to save the wizarding world and fight some version of the darkest, most evil serial killer in some form or fashion without informing his guardians. But if he wants to go buy candy down the street, he better get him to sign his paper. I'm being a bit sarcastic here, but also... Not really, that's actually what's happening. The deal that he struck with Vernon is that while Aunt Marge is staying with them, he's going to pretend to be in reform school. Basically, JDC, Juvenile Detention Center. And he's going to keep his head down and he's going to take his, uh, the, you know, abuse like a good little boy. And Aunt Marge, how do I say this um, delicately? Aunt Marge is a piece of shit just an awful woman he makes it to the last night that she's supposed to be in town and she gets just shit-faced sloppy drunk and goes back to insulting his parents and he loses control of his magic but it's kind of worth it because he inflates her like the goodyear blimp and then threatens vernon at one point and busts it out of there now he's convinced he's an outlaw he unknowingly encounters a real outlaw in the form of escaped mass murderer Sirius Black. Sirius, in the form of a black dog, 
stopped by to check in on Harry, somehow knowing exactly where Vernon and Petunia live, even though he's been locked up in Azkaban since Harry's first birthday. We're also led to believe that he didn't get to see the Potters while they were in hiding, at least not very much. They were, you know, busy fighting a war and trying to make sure Voldemort didn't find and kill them. Didn't quite go as planned. But how does he know where Harry is, exactly? Does this possibly suggest that he's been here before? Like, in pre-Harry times? Can you imagine a fresh home from Hogwarts Lily with her new boyfriend James and his best friend Sirius coming to visit Petunia for some holiday obligation at her new husband Vernon's house? Someone's got to write that fanfiction. Someone maybe already has. I don't know. I don't read much fanfiction. But if you know it exists, please let me know. I would like to consume it. But that aside, Harry's outlaw ass gets spooked by a dog shadow and falls over his shit. Graceful. He falls straight into ultimate plot convenience, which is short for a violently purple magic bus showing up to take him wherever he wants to go, and he picks the one place that the Minister for Magic just happens to be waiting on him, the Leaky Cauldron. So he gets a little sit-down about his runaway with a super sketchy politician and hangs out the rest of the summer with his own hotel room, roaming Diagon Alley and eating a shit ton of ice cream, which sounds like a 13-year-old's dream. Seriously, though, I, I'd hate to be housekeeping washing those sheets. He may not have game, but he's 13 with nobody watching but that magic mirror. Yikes. Eventually, the Weasleys show up, and Hermione. There's a bunch of drama about Percy being head boy, Ron's rat scabbers being sick, a.k.a. grown-ass man Peter Pettigrew, knowing Sirius escaped Azkaban is going to come kill his ass, but we don't know that yet. And Hermione gets an ugly, ugly cat that most of the fandom thinks belonged to Lily, James, and Harry before Peter betrayed them. Which is just a fun little nugget. Harry finds out everyone believes Sirius escaped to find and kill him, so that's our Harry's gonna die drama plot for this school year. Maybe he'll have Voldemort living, I don't know. Never mind, I'm, I'm not going to say what I, what I was thinking, but uh, let's just say I was thinking that his head would be coming out of a, a different particular place behind Sirius. Anyways, because of this, they get a ministry escort to the Hogwarts Express where they meet two new characters that will be very, very important to our book. One, Professor R.J. Lupin, who looks like hell and is passed out in their train compartment. And two, Dementors, who want to suck your soul from your body and feed on all the happiness around you, which is just lovely. Harry passes out when they take a special interest in him, and Lupin saves the day with a Patronus and chocolate. We show up to Hogwarts, and Harry gets checked on by Prof. McG and Madame Pomfrey. There's a rap duo name in there somewhere, and she prescribes more chocolate. At least Lupin knew what he was doing. 
And Hermione has a secret hush-hush meeting with Prof. McGee where we don't know it yet, but she's receiving her time-turner to take all the third-year classes at Hogwarts because putting the power of time travel in the hands of a 13-year-old type A nerd is always a good idea. And that's pretty much where we left off. First five chapters of Prisoner of Azkaban in a nutshell. So, on the podcast... I covered these in three episodes previously and asked three Expecto Plot Changeo questions. If you're fuzzy on how that works, that's the part of the show where I ask a question about the book to that point, along the lines of what would happen to Harry Potter and the story if we made one small change in each chapter. Is that ringing a bell for anyone? I hope. Uh, I wanted to spend the rest of this episode sharing some of my favorite feedback that I've gotten on those questions so far in this book. So, strap in, because the rest of this is pretty much about you, but, you know, I'm reading it, because, again, the only one here. Just a guy in his basement. Anyways, uh, chapters one and two, my expecto plot change-o question was... What if Vernon signed the Hogsmeade permission slip before Aunt Marge arrived? Which we thought for a second he might do. On Instagram, from Paula, I received, If Harry hadn't needed to go to Hogsmeade without being seen, Fred and George might have never given him the Marauder's Map. And that's an important item through the books. On the safety side, Nothing would have changed since we all know Sirius wasn't a danger to Harry at all. Definitely fair points. Uh, from K. Michael Kills with a Z? Pretty simple. That would be too nice of him. He needs something to hold over his head. Yep, pretty much. And also from Hogwarts a Pod. <laughs> Shout out to Hogwarts a Pod. Fairly certain this is not going to be the last time you're going to hear about that particular podcast on this particular podcast. (laughs) Hee hee, hint, hint. Anyway, uh, would Harry ever have found out Sirius was his godfather? This one's a little deep. No need for invisibility cloak in Hogsmeade, so no overhearing that little nugget of information. Yeah. Yeah. These are all good points. Uh, I like all of these. So, obviously, um, Michael was right on. We we know that Uncle Vernon sucks. He's a total douchebag, and he needs something to hang over Harry's head. So, he was never going to actually sign that permission slip. I don't think he would have signed it, even if Harry had held up his end of the bargain. Which, again, is just spiteful shittiness for lack of a better use of the English language I it goes back a little bit to what a lot of people in the fandom point out mostly in meme form on the internet is that Vernon Dursley hates Harry Potter so much that he doesn't even want to get rid of him even when he says he wants to get rid of him He wants to make sure 
that Harry stays there where he can personally make him as miserable as possible throughout his entire life up until the point that he is an adult and can actually just leave. But let's play that out for a second. At what point can Harry Potter just leave in Vernon's mind? Because Vernon doesn't know that Harry has a vault full of gold in the wizarding world. He literally thinks that Harry is just going to stay there, be miserable, abused, and beaten down. And then if he tries to leave, he will literally just suffer and die because he won't be able to take care of himself. He has no money. He has no life skills. He will have no job, blah, 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 blah. I think that that's Vernon's actual plan for Harry's life from the moment that he says yes to taking him in off of that doorstep. And that is just, it's unnecessarily cruel. And for that reason, I think that because Vernon realizes that signing that permission slip would bring Harry just a small bit of happiness in his life, he wouldn't do it. Even if Harry had held up his end of the bargain and not, you know, blown up Aunt Marge like a hot air balloon. But, yeah. Anyways, he's always going to try to have something hang over his head. What's really interesting here is the kind of combination of Paula and Hogwarts a pod <laughs> together both bringing up that without that permission slip, he has to sneak his way to Hogsmeade if he wants to be there. And so he needs to use his invisibility cloak, and he needs to use the Marauder's Map, which is gifted to him by Fred and George. And obviously, the Marauder's Map becomes very important and vital to not only this book, but the rest of the series. He relies on it quite a bit. He's always going to have his invisibility cloak, but he wouldn't need to use it to go to Hogsmeade if he had that permission slip. So they would have to find some other way for him to overhear about Sirius being his godfather, and I have a hard time believing that that's going to play out very smooth within the plot if Harry's not literally invisible. I guess best case, maybe he could be coming around a corner from the bathroom or something, because you just so you know, these characters do actually have to take a piss sometimes. They just don't put that on the page. Uh, so he could maybe be coming back from the bathroom. The only time we go to bathrooms is when something very, very serious is about to go down. Have you noticed that? Somebody should do that for, like, a LeakyCon panel. The role of bathrooms in the Harry Potter series. Because if you go back through, that might be a bonus episode because it's not good. It's not good at all. At no point in time does somebody just take a leak and flush and wash their hands and get out of there. They better wash their hands before they get out of there because that's gross. But he could be coming around the corner from going to the bathroom or going up to get a butterbeer or wherever you wanted to be coming around and overhear that happening, I guess, and they not notice it. Because if I remember right, it's a movieism that they like snuck away to another door and he like forced himself in within the invisibility cloak. In the book, if I'm not mistaken this, he's like under the table under the invisibility cloak and they're talking at the table like next to all the children. 
so obviously they weren't being super hush hush about it maybe he could have just like been there unnoticed i don't know i'm getting way too caught in the like minutia and the minute details of the logistics of him potentially overhearing it he probably doesn't i guess is the point here um and that that is a big uh revelation for him although later Sirius would tell him so anyways i like all of this thank you for all of this feedback and um it brought me joy to read so the next uh expecto plot changeo question that i uh, by the way um i should probably remind the uh the chapters names in these right so chapters one and two that was the last question owl post and aunt marge's big mistake the next question comes from chapters three and four the night bus and the leaky cauldron and this question was what if the night bus didn't show up when harry saw the large black dog figure and this one i mean strap in folks uh we got quite a bit on this question uh, and it made me very happy that we did. So uh, let's start here with uh, the Instagram feedback. The fan club podcast, shout out to you, commented, he probably would have found his way to the burrow or the leaky cauldron eventually. More than likely, he wouldn't have taken a mode of muggle transport to London. From there, he'd either link up with the Weasleys or they'd pick him up. Either way, I'm not sure this really affects the story that much. The plot would still find a way to happen, I think. Probably. You're probably right. Uh, Paula, again, Paula, coming in coming in uh, strong on the IG. I really think the most likely scenario would be him sitting in a, on a bench close to Privet Drive deciding what to do when the ministry workers find him. And the second option is he remembers he has a broom and flies trying to hide with the invisibility cloak, which would be very difficult. That's true. That would be very difficult, but I think is a uh, a fairly likely alternative for him to come to because, let's face it, Harry's not the brightest character in the world, but there's two things that he relies on quite a bit in these books and they are one his love of quidditch and flying and his natural ability to do so and his invisibility cloak so it's not a stretch i don't think that if the night bus doesn't show up here that he would think of putting those two things together and try to wrap himself up in the in the invisibility cloak and take off on his broomstick. Now, would it be the easiest thing in the world to do? No, it wouldn't, but I think he would have found a way to kind of manage it and make it okay as long as he's flying kind of, you know, high enough for people to not really notice that there's something going on up there. He'd be able to keep at least most of himself concealed and it is nighttime. So, yeah, I think I think that's a very plausible other option. Uh, another piece of feedback was from the Restricted Section podcast. Shout out to you. I honestly think he would have just kept walking until the ministry caught up with him. You know, he might have. If he didn't think of the broom thing with the invisibility cloak, then 
yeah, he probably would just keep walking. By the way, you've heard the uh, Christina from the Restricted Section podcast on this podcast before, so cool to to get uh, that crossover. Now here's a here's a uh, quite a bit of feedback. Like this this was a book written uh, on uh, YouTube from Colin. So this one's pretty cool. It says, well, seeing as the black figure was later revealed to be serious in an animagus form, you could have their meeting come much sooner. Harry wouldn't have ever heard of Sirius Black or known about his supposed criminal past, so you, he could hear the real story first. Once you've given the story and Harry hears about the horrible actions Peter Pettigrew supposedly did, you can still have the night bus come to break up their interaction, but now the dynamic of Harry having seen his godfather, who loves him so much, contrasted with the horrible stories everyone says he did, you can play up the conflict more. Better still, you could have more interactions between Harry and Sirius as he struggles to figure out who's telling the truth. Since we're rewriting it anyways, we can probably structure it to axe the Time Turner subplot since we can all agree it was a mistake, and instead, we could simply restructure the Buckbeak subplot to involve Buckbeak being freed the night before and maybe intervening to save Harry before conf confrontation with Werewolf Lupin. Keep the emotional Patronus scene, but you can make the uh, you can maybe shave a little uh, less close so that Sirius is just able to work with Buckbeak to get Harry to safety and himself away from Hogwarts. Since we don't have the same confusion with it being James Potter and future Harry actually saving the day, paradox right there, we could instead have the happy memory that gives Harry the push he needs being a story about his parents that Harry heard during one of their interactions. The bonding experience he has with his godfather is ultimately what gives him the happy memory he needs to conjure a full Patronus, and he knows it's a stag because of Sirius telling him about it. Not sure if I missed anything major, but ironing out the details could be fun. Wow. Um, I like this a lot. Uh, we do have one small, I guess, uh, detail to uh correct i guess in this response and that is that harry did hear of sirius black as an escape prisoner in what was it like the first chapter it was on the muggle news so there was that moment of him um he would recognize the name and that's why he recognizes the name or does he recognize the name on? Yeah, because I think it's a movieism that he hasn't heard of Sirius until he gets on the night bus. In the book, he heard Sirius as an escaped convict on the Muggle News first. So you don't have that, like, he doesn't know what Sirius was accused of doing. So he doesn't have the details, but he at least has heard the name as an escaped prisoner. So there's, there's a little bit of that. Um, still, with that... I think this is a really fun alternate universe to play out. You do get the opportunity for Sirius to talk to Harry one-on-one -on -one before he gets all the, like, super bad um, uh, story about Sirius and all those accusations, and he has a chance to uh, think that Sirius Black truly is like a mass murderer and it's a and 
betrayed his parents and uh, was a Voldemort supporter and, and all of that stuff. Like, he wouldn't have all of that so he could talk to him before then and explain why he was incarcerated and explain what Peter Pettigrew did. And you could... I think it's a fun book if you have these, like, hush-hush Harry sneaking away. And and it's and it's happening. This is This is the fun part, right? You have... Well, one of the fun parts, let's be honest. There's a lot of fun happening in this. But you have the whole wizarding world hoping to keep Harry safe and from encountering Sirius Black, who wants to kill him, while you have Harry sneaking away to go meet with Sirius Black in private. And maybe instead of it being Crookshanks, who's like, helping Sirius try to get to Peter in rat form. You have Harry trying to help Sirius get to Peter in rat form. And then you have this fun like cat and mouse game where Harry's the cat instead of Crookshanks throughout the entire school year. And Harry's like trying to get this stupid rat. Ron can't figure out like, you know, maybe he gets a hold of him a couple of times and rats and uh, Ron goes, oh, thanks, Harry, and takes him from him. And Harry's like, ah, shit. Yeah, I don't know. There, there, could be some, there could be some really fun moments that come out of that. There could be some really interesting moments and some really um, complex moments in that story arc with those meetings that they could be having together. Uh, and you could really build, truly build a bond between these two characters that I feel is actually a little bit weak in the actual canon um not i'm not suggesting that harry doesn't actually have a bond with sirius he clearly does that's why he reacts the way he does in order of the phoenix when sirius is taking his one-way trip through the veil but i think that you could strengthen it even more by actually giving them more together and really like show that bond uh developing more and then by the end, you know, you can still have the, uh, hey, do you want to come live with me? Then it wouldn't be coming out of the blue, right? Because that that's one thing that always, it's a very touching moment when Sirius is like kind of sheepishly and shyly asking Harry to come live with him. But like they've known each other at that point for all of about 30 seconds in which Harry doesn't think that Harry, that Sirius is trying to kill him, right? So it, it's a little, it's a little sudden. Bud, he doesn't actually know you yet, but this way he would uh, if he was interacting with him throughout the entire year. That's this thing's really cool. I really like it. Obviously, it's not you know what what we got, but I I do like this one. Um, I think it's funny that you're using it to get rid of the time turner, uh, and th there's there's a lot to like in that one. So thank you, Colin. Okay, so. This one took some work to like piece together, but I had to share it. Um, it was just a little bit of a pain in the butt. Not uh, Sarah's fault who left this on TikTok. I blame TikTok because the comments came through in an absolute unorganized mess, and I had to move them around and piece them together to actually make what was being said make any sense. So Sarah on TikTok said, Sirius transforms back, and after Harry explains what happened with his aunt and uncle, takes him to Hogwarts, furious about the abuse and um, plans to yell at Dumbledore for not getting him out of the uh, the Dursleys. I assume he says there quick enough, but 
um, talking about the Dursleys. Sirius also explained who he is and why he was innocent. And now, since Harry trusts random people he just met, definitely does, he totally believes the story. So while there, Hermione still uses the time turner to get to classes, but Remus and Sirius are both teaching defense against the dark arts because Dumbledore is stupid and also trusts Sirius. And in all of this, they meet Ron's pet rat. And after excellent, quote unquote, detective work, Remus and Sirius figure out its pedigree and they try to get him, but he escapes. Just kidding. Remus and Sirius try to find him, and here's where it could split because they could go back in time with Hermione's time turner and kill him, and the books could end there because Pettigrew doesn't revive Voldemort, or Lucius revives Voldemort and more of a plot later. Also, the part with the Marauder's map and Snape for the books should definitely be kept in. There's a lot here. Uh, it's kind of similar to Colin to start with, uh, but I, I enjoy it. Thank you, Sarah, for, uh, for thinking this through. I don't know that, that Dumbledore is going to let Sirius Black be a co-professor at Hogwarts. Um, I think that Dumbledore would go into the, I guess, concealment mode that he does with Sirius in Order of the Phoenix much sooner, probably. Um, if if at, at least if Sirius offers up like um, Grimmauld Place or whatever, uh, I guess it does. Like because that that one is that ultimately is Dumbledore trying to protect Sirius from being caught, and ends up being kind of the demise of Sirius. To be honest, uh, it was a bad judgment call on Dumbledore's part, but the intent behind it was pure and wasn't misguided like Sirius needs to be hidden and so he I don't think he would just have him teaching classes that all of the students know who Sirius Black is at this point uh, and they know him as an escaped only person to ever escape from Azkaban and a mass murderer so he's not going to get to start teaching defense against the dark arts classes but if Dumbledore didn't try to hide him specifically and like not let him do anything he just helped hide him and, and keep him underground uh, and he was kind of working with Dumbledore and working with Remus a little bit from the shadows that is a kind of cool um, that's a cool concept to put into the book uh, where it's like Dumbledore is already um, bucking the ministry even more so in book three i just don't know that that's how it would really um it would really go and i think that they i mean i sirius is there because he knows that the rat scabbers is peter Pettigrew. that's why he escaped azkaban that's why he's going to hogwarts like that's why people think he's after harry and he's going where harry is because he's really after peter who is where harry is so like that they don't need the investigative piece with he and Remus trying to like figure out who this rat is. They Sirius already knows really what it could be is he and Remus are plotting throughout the year to try to get Peter isolated and kill him without the students like knowing. And maybe that's the, 
maybe that's your kind of like hidden plot that's happening throughout the books, your your little secret investigative uh, piece, and and they just can't. He he either is doing a great job of hiding. Maybe you have some failed attempts in like animagus form, and uh, maybe even in werewolf form. That would be wild. Uh, I don't know. I think I think you've got some fun stuff here, uh, even even if some of it is a bit far fetched. I love all of this though. Thank you all for um, for all the questions. The last question that I had, and it's from chapter five, the Dementor for these expecto plot changes was. What if Harry, Hermione, and Ron sat in a different compartment on the Hogwarts Express? On TikTok, that Potter guy said, I think Harry and the others would have met him later afterwards because of how good the Defense Against the Dark Arts class would be, and Harry would have just woke up and proceed to investigate the mystery of the woman screaming like another mystery. So that one's that one's pretty cool. So it's suggesting that Harry would still pass out from the Dementor, and instead of Lupin coming in and getting rid of the Dementor with a Patronus and kind of like uh, helping and get um, get Harry up and giving him chocolate or whatever, uh, maybe maybe Lupin would have still um, maybe Lupin would have still done the Patronus, but just from like the uh, what you call it like the hallway or whatever, instead of from the same compartment. Uh, so that's interesting. But then Harry would go on like investigating who the person screaming was because he would have just like woken up and that would have been the last thing he heard. I don't know. I, th- I think there's something interesting here. It's probably true. Um, they would just meet up in some some other way. Maybe it's not quite as as dire. I thought somebody uh, was going to go. And maybe I've missed some, um, some feet. I, I tried to find all of the comments that I had gotten. Uh, perhaps I may have missed one. I thought I thought somebody though might go like the Dementor would have actually sucked the soul from Harry Potter, and we would need I don't know Neville Longbottom and the Goblet of Fire from there on out. I don't know. Um, anyways, I always like hearing what you all come up with for these like alternate universe storylines, and it's great. So. Um, thank you for all of your submissions. If you're still listening, you must really like the sound of my voice, and so you might be interested in hearing more of it, which you can do in bonus episodes on Patreon. Patreon.com slash belatedbinge. I've got theory episodes, I've got crossover episodes where I explore similarities or silly character swaps between Harry Potter and our other binges, like what if Dumbledore was replaced by Clay Morrow from Sons of Anarchy? Uh, or sorting the main characters from season one of The Office into their Hogwarts houses. Uh, And if you're also a fan of the Sons of Anarchy binge that I'm doing, I'm sharing the 11 chapters of an Abel Thomas sequel fan fiction that I started writing back in 2020. Uh, I've got, at this very moment that I'm recording this, six of those chapters are posted. And, uh, you know, go listen to them. I would love to get your feedback i would love to share all 11 and i would love to possibly continue that story if people like it there is a link to patreon in the show notes for this episode Uh, a few announcements i'm also going to be back on content and capable which might already be out by the time you're hearing this um 
Uh, yeah. Uh, I've got some other pods that I'm going to be doing soon as well, like Hogwarts podcast, Pottership, and the restricted section. I've got there's there's a lot happening. I'm always uh, keeping uh, trying to, to to keep myself busy over here. More details on on any of this stuff. Uh, take a look at social media. Uh, I will always post about when episodes that I've been on other pods and stuff like that, when those actually drop. Uh, some that I've been on recently that you um, may have heard or not heard yet, um, but I was on Pottership previously. Um, I've been on First Years. I've been on the Restricted section before. I've been on Content and Capable. Um, I have been on what else? Um I wow my brain now now I'm just having a, a foggy brain so I'm gonna stop trying to list all these off of the top of my head because I know I've forgotten people and I I don't want to offend anybody finally uh, you'll be hearing some other new voices on this podcast as well starting with Dan from Hogwarts a podcast who will be joining me to help break down chapter six in our next Harry Potter episode on. The feed, that episode, is talons and tea leaves. So that'll kick off our uh, re-intro back into the chapter-by-chapter episodes. As always, thank you for listening or watching. If you're on YouTube, follow or subscribe to not miss an episode. And please leave a review if you're listening or like the video if you're watching. It really does help. It gives me a chance to get in front of new people, which is an important thing to me. That's why we're, you know, why I do this is to try to bring it to as many of you as possible. Uh, And if you want to join the discussion yourself, leave a voicemail on belatedbinge.com or there's a free Facebook group linked in the show notes exclusive to listeners of this podcast. And there are also some guests that you've heard that hang out in there as well. Remember, Life is short, so if you want to read a 20-year-old young adult book series about magic for the first or the hundredth time, do it. Just take Belated Binge along for that ride.